Welcome to Mommy Heal Thyself. We feature guests who provide you with the tools, resources, and strategies you need to say no to a life of pain and suffering from all forms of preventable disease, toxic drugs, and unnecessary surgeries. We hope to inspire you to boldly reclaim your ability to heal and to serve the ones you love. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Mommy Heal Thyself. I am extremely blessed and honored to be able to bring to you today a near and dear friend and colleague, Dr. Mary Kylie, Kelly Sutton. And we've known each other for a couple of years in a variety of different mm -hmm. uh, spaces. Yeah. She was also a member of our board of directors for It Takes a Village Ministry, the organization that hosts the Mommy podcast. But today, what I wanted to focus on is some of her legacy and what she's working on currently because Dr. Sutton has practiced medicine for five decades with no board or hospital complaints and no malpractice judgments. And yet in 2022, the Medical Board of California revoked her license. And then shortly thereafter in 2023, the Massachusetts board revoked her license based on what they call reciprocal discipline. And yeah. now she's back in the courtrooms because she's fighting for her New York license because the state of New York now wants to revoke her license again because of reciprocal discipline, despite the fact that she hasn't even practiced in New York and she hasn't done anything with her license for almost 40 years in New York. So now I need mm -hmm. for you to understand, ladies and gents, that Dr. Sutton is not unique. A growing number of physicians yes. read scientific literature for themselves, AKA can think for themselves and individualized patient treatment based on that reading are being investigated and disciplined for treating their patients as individuals. The professional right. government narrative today is pushing doctors to treat and advise patients without any consideration of their unique medical needs. Most notably, COVID-19 cases, and actually for all vaccinations. Only health recommendations of the government and establishment medicine should be followed according to the government. Remarkably, doctors mm -hmm. who deviate based on ethics, based on actual legalities, and based on their Hippocratic oath, mm -hmm. they are the ones that are being targeted. Most often, they are facing licensure revocation. And so now we have an upsurge of various groups that are out there fighting with Dr. Sutton for your rights. Remember this, I keep mm -hmm. on telling you that Dr. Sutton has been practicing for, like I said, five decades. Girlfriend can go home, sit on the porch, sip lemonade and just play with her, her grandchildren. But she chooses yeah. to continue to fight for all of our rights. And in this case, she's fighting for what basically is in the, con in, not in the constitution, but in our legal description referred mm -hmm. to as the patient bill of rights. And you know that I have spoken to you before about your bill of rights. So she's fighting for you to have the right to medical autonomy, medical sovereignty. She's fighting for you to have the right to choose what medical interventions you feel are best suited for you without being criminalized. She's fighting for your rights to have access to all information regarding anything that can 
um, contribute to your informed decision-making. She's fighting for your constitutional rights, your ability to speak freely and to decide what is best for your health. So I invite you ladies to join me in welcoming Dr. Mary Kelly Sutton. Thank you, Michelle. You really stated the issue so clearly. I appreciate that. And I appreciate your kind words. Medicine is really in a very difficult situation now because it's been hijacked by a whole different set of values than what it started with. When I graduated in 1971, we knew the Hippocratic Oath was a core part of our lives to first do no harm. And we knew that we were treating patients and that we were a profession. But over the last 50 years, medicine has changed. First, it became a business and it was more uh, adding in administrators. And then it became an industry. And now it's becoming an enforcement arm of the government. Medical boards no longer protect patients. They protect consumers. So that's a very significant vocabulary change. Hmm. A patient is a person who's vulnerable and open to the care of a professional. But a consumer is not vulnerable, doesn't have a personal relationship. They're very objective in a retail exchange. So by those word changes, we're not a profession anymore. We're a retail exchange at the best. And in some people's eyes, we are agents of the state, which is the worst because then patients don't have doctors. And basically, the title Becoming Your Own Doctor is sort of a necessity today because you have to pick and choose among the services that are offered by conventional establishment medicine or any healthcare provider and decide from your own education, experience, and intuition is this right for me or my child? You, we used to have this beautiful sense of confidence because we trusted the benign authority of a doctor. So the authority is no longer benign. It still wants to be an authority, but it's not beholden to you anymore. It's beholden to the people paying it, whether that is pharma or government regulations. And so we have lost our doctors and we have to become our own doctors. And in a way, we have a whole lot of good on our side because <clears throat> as you know, and you work with the built-in immune capacity of the human body, that's a huge number of aces in the hole. The whole premise of conventional medicine is that the pharmaceuticals can do better than the body. That's a false premise. Everything pharmaceutical is a tweak of what already existed. It's hacking what was given. And it, if we work with the basic immune system that we were given, and we are careful with common sense, lifestyle, nutrition, sense of purpose, rhythm to the day, sleep, exercise, <clears throat> we have health. We don't need to improve on our sleep, our diet by pharmaceutical products. We can use what nature has given and have very close to optimal health and many answers for many problems and disease. Mm. So that's where your task is. To, we have to educate ourselves. Um, 
learn about how the body works, how to work with it. There's many good resources and you bring those, Michelle, or you point to them. So I think that's the task that we have today. There's also a little bit of a need to be literate legally. Hmm. Uh, I was not as a doctor. And three years ago, when I first learned, no, four years ago, that I was being investigated, I didn't know what my rights were or what to expect or where I could push back. Hmm. So I got pushed around. Hmm. And I am now a lot more savvy. And I think that all of us have to take the time of doing the drudgery work of reading everything that we sign. Mm-hmm. And that's a permission, a consent to treat. And when we go into the ER or the hospital, and we have to know that some of the words in there cover more than what they sound like. So if the word, if this is a consent to use biologics, biologics is a whole world of new kinds of treatments, and it includes vaccines. And if you are not sure what words mean, just write on the bottom. I don't want any X and you fill in the blank. You may say, I don't want antibiotics. I don't want things that you think you're allergic to. I don't want vaccines and sign your signature. That's your right to state what you will and will not do. Hospitals now feel they own us. So we have lost medical rights. And there's a huge loss of rights on all fronts. Parents have lost enormous amounts of rights in schools. I just read the um, school committee documents for the place where my grandson will go to kindergarten. The word parent is hardly mentioned. There's students' rights, and there's how the school communicates with the public or the community but it doesn't talk about parents. So parents are becoming a non-entity. It's like we talk about cancel culture, we're just canceling that part of humanity. Well, if we take out parents, what's left? Whom do the children belong to? Well, they belong to the school, the school is part of the state, so we're back to the state, and the state really replaces the highest of everything, namely God, because we do not include God, of course, in any of our um, legal agreements, mm-hmm. and and too often not in our thinking, even. Exactly. So every authority now becomes under the state. A doctor is an agent of the state. The school takes care of the child, not the parent takes care of the child. And the student has rights because the student is a minor, is vulnerable, can be influenced easily but where are the parents rights where are the patients rights not the consumers rights but the patients rights and patients need a relationship with a provider they don't need a price tag or a contract Hmm. they need a relationship and that's what we're leaving out so the whole definition of humanity is challenged because we have to be human to have relationships. You have a relationship with Sophie, but we don't, I don't have a relationship with my laptop exactly. I use it for sure, I appreciate it, but it's not a human relationship. 
So we're going down very interesting paths today, and we have to keep our eyes open, stay very strong, independent, and educated, and listen really well to what's happening around us. You know, we used to be able to say that we are a nation under God. Yes. That is no longer the case. And I think, as you said, we have to really start at the beginning. The, the journey of becoming your own doctor starts yeah. with where do you perceive the healing to come from? And I think that's where yeah. our journey together began when I learned yeah. about you as an anthroposophic doctor, right. where we have an understanding of the fact that quote unquote medicine is there to support nature, not to be in place of nature. So yes. could you talk to us a little bit more about how we can become our own doctor in terms of understanding what you and I take for granted, which is that okay. medicine does not replace nature, but rather should support nature. So that's a beautiful phrase. Medicine supports nature. It's not a hundred percent true. It's the ideal of how medicine should work, <laughs> but you can't, patent nature because nature already exists and you only make money if you have a patent on things so if vitamin d is helpful you can't really <clears throat> encourage the use of vitamin d because it's not patentable you have to tweak it to make it a vitamin d plus to put something else with it so it belongs to x companies that can say this is mine alone and i charge x for it and it, the money all comes to me and then i can promote vitamin d plus <laughs> so uh, the that's the issue and it's part of the ethic of medicine and the ethic of science science has been beautiful in its basic science part of its life when it simply sought to understand <clears throat> what is a cell how does the liver work <clears throat> how does the spleen work how does the heart work and we had this enormous body of knowledge that would just put you in awe of the miracles that happen in the body hmm. and what creates health and what happens with sickness and how it could be improved but now there's less and less basic science and more interventions. So over and over, science is seeking something that can be sold as a medication, patented, and it will change the way the body works without really understanding how the body works. And the there is the ramifications. Mm -hmm. There is a wonderful recording on Epoch TV by Dr. Kevin McKernan, M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N. He reviews the many, many changes that the COVID shot makes in the COVID germ and the spike protein <clears throat> and how many different kinds of DNA and RNA are in the vaccine and how little understanding there is of what these do. It was not tested in the trials. There are known issues and the amplification, the use of those uh, proteins in the vaccine is amplified by the fact that the lipid nanoparticle is there. Okay. So we're doing things we don't understand. We have put the cart before the horse. We have said, I'm going to change nature before 
I understand nature. And the COVID vaccine is a beautiful example of it. And for anybody who values science, listen to Kevin McKernan. It's an amazing trip through what's going on in the biology of the COVID vaccine. Wow. And you know, the, the interesting thing about what you're saying in terms of becoming your own doctor, it is so important because even as we are here con- having conversation about facts, scientific facts related to a medical intervention, that conversation is not allowed. That conversation is not allowed to occur between you and your medical doctor. And several states, such as California, have blatantly come out with laws that provide for that blanket censorship. And so can you tell us a little bit more about how we can become empowered to become our own doctor, to be able to maneuver through this minefield in light of the fact that we can't count on our medical doctor to provide us with the information that we need to make informed decisions? Be willing to say no. Be willing to say, thank you very much for that information. I'll think about it and I'll get back to you. Take another person with you to an appointment, especially the older women get kind of steamrollered by an authority in a white coat. So have another set of ears. And maybe that person even says, may I record this? Or I'm going to take a few notes, doctor. And if you want to read in advance about the condition that you have, so you have your questions prepared. You can always ask a doctor, what would you do if you were me? Which tends to put the practitioner in your situation so that the details of who you are could be thought through. Now that sometimes isn't gonna be enough because the doctor is still under pressure to practice by guidelines, which almost make complete conformity around how that patient is handled. It's the loss of the individualized medicine that you spoke about earlier, Michelle. So you have to be aware that um, that's where your no, and I'm gonna think about it, is very much in your favor. Get a second opinion, talk to a natural health provider and ask them, what would you do if you were me? Because you may get a whole new world. A patient has to make a team for healthcare. There is no one source for healthcare that's going to give you your prescription, your surgery, your natural information, and the wise behavioral guidance and spiritual support. So the patient is kind of like the hub of a wheel, and they have to make a spoke for the uh, establishment medicine, a spoke for natural medicine, a spoke for Uh, spiritual and emotional support and whatever else they need. So that's a big responsibility. The doctor's not going to carry the load, not anymore. If you want good care that used to be in the old days and they could reliably be trusted to speak from an authority point. And we just followed anymore. We have to take on that authority and it comes with time. It's not all at once but you get better as you go and you talk to other people and see how they were uh, dealing with their appointments and who they found that were providers who could listen. Yeah. 
you know, and you're bringing up something that makes me feel so excited and motivated because this is what we have been talking about for years, long before all of these different adventures. We have been talking about the fact that only you can heal you and you <laughs> have to be courageous enough to take on that position of captain to say, you know what? I am, like you said, at the center of this wheel and I will determine what all the different spokes are. And what I say to people is be courageous enough and maybe even a little mm -hmm. bit touched enough, you know, to <laughs> say, I can fire my MD because oh, you yeah. work for me. And there is mm -hmm. no sparsity of people that can help me with, with whatever I'm working on. Very rarely do we have a situation that requires an immediate decision right there on the spot. That's but right. they they intimidate people and they bully people into thinking, you've got to make this decision now. You've got to do this now. I've I've literally been in that position as in it as in myself mm. personally and also <clears throat> working with other women, you know, especially in childbirth, where they're like, you have to do this. I'm like, uh, oh, let's hold up, let's give her space and pray. Pray on it. Allow yeah. God to just seep within your being and help to guide you to the right people guide you to write decisions, guide you to write information. I'm telling you, pray as you go on to Google, say, God, I really just don't understand this. Please share with me what it is that I need to know. God, I pray that you bring the right people into my life that, that may know of a doctor, that may know of a practitioner, you mm -hmm. know, and to, and to just know and understand that this healing power resides not only within us, but around us, you know? Yes. So I, yes. I am encouraged by what you're saying, Dr. Sutton. You touch on such a beautiful thing, Michelle. A doctor is a hired expert. Hired being the operative word, and I'm the employer. So exactly as you say, you can fire your doctor, hire another one. And you pointed also to the motivation that makes the patient follow the doctor, and that is fear. We are literally threatened by our healthcare providers way too much. It's not an informed consent. It's a pressured consent. So if you you or that person that you bring with you to the doc appointment are thinking, wow, that's a lot of pressure. Oh, that's scary. I better do it right away. Recognize the fear motive and just say, thank you very much. I'm going to think about this. Because as soon as fear gets involved, it's it's the wrong arena to make a decision. When someone evaluated the uh, background of the people who changed the cholesterol criteria and said, oh, we really should have an actually lower cholesterol than what we've been saying, mm -hmm. eight of the nine people who made that decision had ties to pharmaceutical companies selling statins or equivalents. Wow. So the guidelines are not trustworthy. And some People deeply immersed in the medical research fields have written articles in journals saying it's time to say we have to say each research article is fraud until proven otherwise. This is how shaky the foundation of science and medical science is today. So the things that we have thought were important for us to follow may not have even happened as studies, they might be made up. 
or if they did happen, they may have fraudulent individual data in them. So we just have to use common sense, which we've all got inside us. And, and again, to go back to your title, which is how to become your own doctor, because in light of this reality where all of the journals are being called into, into question, it goes to, well, what did our grandparents do? What did our great grandparents do? They had the insight to trust the signs that nature was giving them. They did not know their cholesterol level. They did not know all of these things, but, you know, they had the insight to say, ah, you know, something isn't quite right here. Right. And that is something that we need to also address. The fact that we have been made to not trust the innate spirit that is within us. We have been told now to trust the experts. And now I think people are just so overwhelmed and desperate and in despair because like you said, everything is being called into question and they don't know how to seek that answer within anymore. Yeah, it's part of the isolation, which makes us more controllable to separate us from our nuclear families, our friends, our intuition, our religious community and say, oh, the expert, which is the same as the state, Mm -hmm. is the one who knows. So I have a a family by following the expert or the state. And that's a false family. It's not a, it doesn't have our best interests at heart. Yeah. So I guess part of becoming our own doctor is, as I think you're um, implying, to reach out and to build yes. bonds with other people and to create network, the yes. network that we used to have. Again, that's one of the reasons why you and I partnered up with It Takes a Village that has yes. the mission of creating natural healing communities throughout the globe. Because within yeah. those communities, you may not know something, but maybe Susie down the road knows something. I, I just love the mm-hmm. fact that we are we are creating that community here in my local area in Greenwood, Florida. And, you know, mm. just the other day, one of my goats passed away. And I was like, guys, what do I do? And on the chat, all of these people started giving me different tips on what it, what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. So if something mm-hmm. else happened to me, even with, the, with regards to my physical health, if I put it into Jack, I would get all kinds of different responses. Not all of them would be accurate or applicable right. to me, but at least I have that sense of I'm not alone. Yes. Yes. We're so communal. We can't be any other way as human beings. We were not born to be isolated. We were born to be together. Thank you for those words. Now, in alignment with that, I, I want to touch on something maybe a little bit personal. You can tell me, Michelle, none of your business. But I was curious, with all of the attacks that are coming upon you, mm-hmm. how have you been able to, to make it through? Who, who, who provides that care for you, the caregiver, so to speak? <laughs> Thank you. Um, I am always inspired by parents because I have seen the suffering they have gone through to help their children and they continue to go through to take on more loads of work that is not their assigned task, but is just 
work that the world needs right now. So they become a new organizer or, or uh, activist of some type or community builder. Um, I take walks in nature. There's a hay field near here that I love. And I just see the changes that happen as there's <clears throat> a new plant, a new moth or butterfly, or the different sounds change as the seasons go by. It's real noisy right now because of all the cricket sounding things. <laughs> and then in winter, it's silent, completely silent when it's frozen. And um, I think body work is really important. Hmm. Some kind of physical touch hmm. and good food. I cook my own food. Oh. Um, and spiritual reading. And I think also there's many uh, stories about this not being just a human event. There are people who are talking about the changes the earth is going through mm -hmm. and that actually we're in a very unique time that's part of a vast cycle. Mm -hmm. So we have to take heart that this is not every day on earth it's a very special intense time that we just have to say okay i get it i'm not going to expect too much and we go through it knowing we're part of a big vast change of some kind that's underway awesome so what is one book or um ted talk or event that has inspired you the most so a friend just told me about Jung's Red Book, and it's just called The Red Book. Okay. And it's very tender and sensitive. It is the record of the years when he was exploring the images in his unconscious. And he said for that 13 years or however long it was, that was the most meaningful part of his life because the rest of his life he spent analyzing and understanding what those images meant. And Jung separates two spirits, the spirit of the times and the spirit of the depths. And the spirit of the times, when he's relating to that spirit, then he's being in the academic, talking about his psychological understandings, presenting at meetings, and when he's in the spirit of the depths, he meets his soul, which he had paid no attention to. So this is enormously nourishing to just see there's two realities. We don't have to just be led by the spirit of the times. There is another spirit of the depths that we all have that's inside of us that frees us and nourishes us and that we can develop a connection to. So I'm just at the beginning of that book and I value it highly. Awesome. And well, I have looked at the website. Go ahead. No, no, you have looked at the website. Of um, Rory Duff, R-O-R-Y-D-U-F-F.com. And he's a geobiologist who has talks about, talked about these changes in the earth and the cycles that we're in. So I like that because I'm here with my little struggles in the midst of one board. Oh, now it's two. Oh, now it's three. What do I do? And then you think, whoa, it's not that intense, tiny thing. It's really just the whole world's changing and even the cosmos. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it reminds me of what um, Don Miguel Ruiz says, which is, it's not about you. It's yeah. Not, not about you. Yeah. Thank um, you. So much more than that. Mm -hmm. It helps to put things into perspective sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So now, is there anything else that I probably should have asked you that I didn't, that you <laughs> wanted to share about? No, I think you have added things I forgot. And it's really just a learning process. <clears throat> I don't think you and I working together for a week could cover absolutely everything we should say. You just have to get started. It's like, where do you start drawing a circle? There's no beginning point. You just start mm -hmm. and you learn as you go and um, come back. People know how to reach you. So it's a good thing if there's a question that comes up to reach back. Yeah. So now what can we um, or where can we go? to get more insight into the things that you're doing and to get valuable resources that can help us to be our own doctor? So I would point to two. One is to your work for the nitty gritty information of, of self-care. And I would point to Physicians and Patients Reclaiming Medicine, which is a new nonprofit legal defense fund and membership organization that brings together people who care about the future of medicine and want to resume the correct doctor-patient relationship with autonomy mm -hmm. and the respect for human rights. And that has practical aspects to it where there's a forum and a bunch of resources on how can you find a good attorney? How can you um, get through vaccine schedules safely? How can you file a grand jury complaint or a FOIA? So there's an attempt to make a person legally literate and have more self-defense in, in our legal world. And it also collects funding to defend uh, doctors like myself who are facing um, medical board issues wow. and have not had patient complaints. It's the system that's complaining against the doctors. Crazy. So that website is going to be linked in our show notes. So you don't have to worry okay. about trying to remember anything. And on behalf of all of us in the community, Dr. Sutton, thank you so very much for taking on the fight for all of our rights. I am your partner. Thank you. Okay, until next time, everyone. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Mommy Heal Thyself. If you like what we're doing here, please share, subscribe, like us, and leave a comment. Your feedback is very much appreciated.